1: Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42 in Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help.
2: Starting off hot here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Welcome to Monday's show. Greg Pickle, our feature guest now going forward every Monday during wrestling season because uh, the Nittany Lions are the number one ranked team in the nation. They're undefeated, and they had a big weekend. So, Greg, welcome. Hope you had a good weekend full of... Uh, A bunch of different Penn State sports, but uh, obviously with wrestling on Friday, a big focus for Penn State fans. So uh, how you doing? And give us uh, what your thoughts are of the of the duel on uh, on Friday.
3: Yeah, T. Frank, happy Monday to you and everybody else. Another week underway, a week without any football on TV, unless I guess you count the Senior Bowl because we're in this wall here with the Super Bowl matchup being set, but obviously two weeks away. So that's going to be an uh, interesting, uh, interesting few days here for us football lovers. But yeah, it's a good t- good time to start with wrestling, Penn State. Uh, another marquee match, another marquee win on the road going to Iowa and beating the Hawkeyes uh, in a 1-2 rankings matchup, nineteen thirteen 13 uh, at Carver Hawkeye Arena, you know. There wasn't a ton that surprised me in this uh, match, T. Frank. I think a lot of things went as expected. Penn State called a pretty decent break when Jesse Ybarra, not Drew Ayala, was the wrestler for Iowa at 125. Penn State picked up bonus points there. That was a huge deal in this match. Uh, Roman Bravo Young uh, squeaked out a win over Austin DeSanto at 133. You know, you have Nick Lee winning at 141. Uh, Penn State got beat up in the middleweights, which was kind of what we expected. Not sure I saw... Brady Berge losing by a major decision would kind of put this thing in a little bit of doubt until Carter Starachi, Aaron Brooks, and Max Dean rolled along in the uh, back half of the match to seal it for Penn State. So another good win. They're finding their form, of course. Some guys a little bit further along in that process than others. And, you know, again, I think if you listen to Kale Sanderson talk, which he is – uh, doing once a week now in, in addition to match days. When you listen to him talk T. Frank, he's a, he's a pretty straight shooter and he's a pretty straightforward guy, and he wants his wrestlers to be able to go out, score points, and be aggressive even if you lose. And so I think we're starting to see more and more guys do that match in and match out on a consistent basis, and that's what is needed for this team as we get closer to March in the NCAA tournament.
2: Drew Hildebent really showed his value in that first part of the duel where Penn State got out to a 3-0 start, didn't he?
3: Yeah. No, no question. I mean, look, when Penn State had issues in its lineup, it went out and found guys to try and plug those holes. He was one of them. So, you know, when you look at the situation with Penn State's lineup, I think you feel pretty good now about 25, obviously, the major decision there, which is basically – opposite Iowa's, uh third string 125 pounder because right. the first one spent three lays out for the year and then the, the second one who was the backup was out too so but you know you get the major points there that you need Penn State fans should feel great about where they are I know that they want to see more out of Bobar Barlett at 149 I know the decision is not settled at 157 even though I think we continue to see more and more from Terrell Bearclaw and I know that you know at 165 Brady Berger getting majored was a surprise to a lot of people but uh, what I will say T Frank is that by and large for the most part You're still not going to find a deeper lineup anywhere in the country. And that goes for both the starting 10 and the guys who are behind some of these wrestlers like Michael Beard at 197. Uh, you know Brandon Meredith is a very valuable part of this program. He can bump up or down to a number of different weight classes and help fill a void if needed. Even though he's probably not going to win, so they have some guys doing a lot of nice things at this point. And again, it's all about continuing to improve, continuing to, to push the action, and continue, to, yeah, continuing I should say, to try and score points. And as long as you do that, you will end up with more nights uh, like Friday, where Penn State really did a nice job of again securing not just a team race but also a lot of individual routes, routes as well.
2: Uh, BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Greg Pickle with me. For, for the record, we record in the morning. Uh, so, Greg... Getting his sea legs underneath him. That's entirely uh, to be expected on a Monday morning for everybody. One thing That's I right. wanted to ask you about, speaking of, the reason I bring that up really is because Cale Sanderson, as you mentioned, talks later in the day on Monday. So uh, maybe we'll have a little bit a little more clarity about this next question after he speaks, but is there an update on those middleweights that you just mentioned This uh, some of the issues that they have in there or is that kind of clear and it's going to be what it's going to be going
3: forward? I think that's exactly right. I think it's going to be Brady Berge at 165. I think it's definitely going to be either Terrell Baracol or Joe Lee or Tony Negron, And probably uh, Terrell Baracol is just going to be your guy moving forward here at 157. And then, you know, I, I don't see anyone on the roster who's going to overtake Beau Barlett for the job at 149. So, yeah, you might not be getting all the results out of those weight classes that you would like or that you're hoping for. But um, I, I just don't see a whole lot of change coming, and I don't see a whole lot of adjustments being made from the way that group is set up now. So we'll see. I could be wrong. Time will tell. But, you know, what I will say is that these guys know what they have to do. It's no secret. And Kale Sanderson and his staff know what they have to do and know how they need to improve and things like that. So, you know, for Penn State, it's all about – getting to a point where again you're scoring as many points as possible in every weight class to try and obviously pump up your total for the team race at the NCAA tournament, which is, you know, about what, a month away at this point, maybe a little more than a month away. Um, so that time is coming. And I, I you know, we'll see what Kale says, but I just don't know if I see any changes being made, T Frank. I think we are where we are at this point.
2: And it is the number one team in the nation heading into right. the final stretch. So it's not like this is a poor unit. It's just when you have such good pieces and you have such dominant pieces, then it kind of throws into really everything else. So what's coming up this week for Penn state wrestling. What should fans be aware of over at blue white
3: Yeah. So obviously an exciting and busy time of year for Penn state wrestling. It was a real, one thing I'll say on the schedule part of T Frank is that it was a really nice break for Penn state to be able to go to Iowa, move to 14-0, and 0, and then be able to come back and just relax kind of a little bit yeah. uh, over the weekend instead of having a match Friday and a match Sunday. It was just a Friday match, <laughs> so that was good. This is not uh, a one-match weekend, however. Uh, the Bryce Jordan Center match, an annual event this year at uh, the Bryce Jordan Center. It's Ohio State coming to town at 7 o'clock on a Friday night, and then on Sunday, Nebraska visits Rec Hall for a Noon meet in state college. So, yeah, you know, it's again, it's a busy time of year. There's only three dual matches left, though. And then before we know it, uh, we will be in tournament time. So, Penn State hoping to close out unbeaten, finish strong, and uh, it has every reason to at this point in time. So, we'll have coverage of those matches and more leading up to it.
2: Uh, We're kind of going through the weekend chronologically, totally in an unintentional way, but next thing up for uh, the weekend in Penn State sports was Junior Day on Saturday, and uh, it was a packed house from what I could tell from you and Ryan Snyder on Twitter as far as updating people on who's arriving in Happy Valley. What were your takeaways from Penn State's final Junior Day, which not only was packed uh, packed house, but from what I understand from you guys is that it was also a talent-packed group, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it certainly was, T. Frank. If you look at the visitor list that Ryan compiled over at uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, I mean, it was a pretty star-studded group. You know, I think we have to start with Vega Ione. <laughs> Uh, and hopefully we're pronouncing his name right, but if not, we'll get that fixed up uh, here in due time. But the class of 2022 recruit uh, was one of the players here as a senior, not a junior, of course, on junior day. And Penn State actually had some sophomores in town as well and even a few freshmen. But, yeah, you know, I think his official visit went well. I was able to catch up with him. I know we'll talk more about that here in a minute, but I really enjoyed uh, getting to learn more about his time at Penn State, and he seemed to really enjoy Penn State. So will it be Lions? Will it be Washington? We'll have to wait and see. But you know, beyond that, the underclassmen group was outstanding. You got a commitment from the 2024 class to first for Penn State and Cooper Cousins, who just is a really solid player. Uh, T. Frank Ryan yeah. told us he's at six, five and a half, 300 pounds now. I mean, he is one big dude at yeah. this point. And, and he
2: looks skinny on film. That's the part yes. that blows me away is he looks skinny on film.
3: Yes, exactly. So, I mean, they uh, they have a lot to mold there and a lot to work yeah. with with him. A really, really talented guy. And then when you look at the just overall 2023 group T Frank outside of the couple offers that went out and a few did go out uh, during the weekend here but it was just a star-studded list of guys with offers you know they offered and then they added to that you know Amari Thomas is a receiver from Alabama they picked up an offer Georgia athlete Colton Hood uh, received an offer for the Nittany Lions those are two 2023 guys uh, in addition to Ryan Manning a Baltimore St. Francis receiver who added a Penn State offer as well so All told, a productive day. Maybe not as uh, many. I mean, it was a good group, don't get me wrong. And let's not forget Jason Moore, the five-star from DeMazza Catholic, did on Friday. Um, Maybe not quite as top-heavy as we thought it was going to be, but still a really good day for Penn State. And some of these guys who have offers who are close to getting offers may not have on three rankings yet. They will get those down the road, however, and time will tell how that all works out. But, yeah, a good weekend for Penn State. I think they accomplished a lot.
2: Yeah. uh, And for the record, Cooper Cousins is a four star not ranked in on three yet in 2024 because it's 20. We're still working on 2023. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, One of the things I want to uh, point out, though, by the way, just the the uniqueness of this weekend of Phil Troutwine having a prospect in 2022, 2023, and 2024 and getting commits from two of them. So uh, that is a really interesting dynamic going on right there. And we'll get to that in just a second. But is there anything I said to you about those receivers, uh, Ryan Manning from Baltimore or from Colton Hood uh, in either of those guys' situations with Penn State?
3: Not yet. You know, I think they're just enjoying Penn State and what they're learning about Penn State and all of that. And so I think none of these guys are in a hurry, hurry to decide. And, T. Frank, we may have talked about it last Monday, so this could be repetitive for some. But if not, I'll just make it short and just say that, you know, the key to remember here is when a kid comes off a visit, especially when he gets an offer, everything's amazing. It was the best trip he could have ever possibly had in his entire life blah, 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 you know, I'm not telling any <laughs> secrets here, but yeah. you know, like point being, you're not going to hear anything bad, or you're not going to hear about the little nuances that could be a deal breaker in the recruitment down the road. You're going to hear all the splendid things that the kid got to enjoy uh, while he was on campus. So, you know, I think that's important to remember. It sounds great always after the visits, but uh, you know, time will tell how that actually works. So I think Penn state did all it could to put themselves in a good position to get him down the road, but that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and, and to to your point, I, I'd say one of the interesting uh things I read this weekend from uh over at Blue dot com was from Jason Moore, the top fifty prospect from McDonough he's from McDonough, correct? Yes. Yes, yep. from from McDonough. He um he was very I'd say uh, diplomatic. He seems like a very well-coached media person in his answers about the about the university and about what he was looking for. Very matter-of-fact about everything. Uh, did and I know he spoke to Ryan over at the site, But Did you get a sense from reading that anything about how he's feeling, a guy who is being pursued by 25-plus schools and has an offer from just about every top program in the nation? Uh, did you get a sense from how he feels about that or is that reading too much into how he what he was saying to Ryan
3: yeah you know I think you're right on I I guess what I would say is I would not read into those answers as being bad or being negative for Penn State is what I would say yep. is it I yep. would read into those answers more as that's just kind of how he is very matter of fact very pragmatic very uh, not one to get overly excited or amped up or uh you know anything like that he's just really uh, excited about his recruitment and all the schools that are considering him so um you know he comes from a program where they've had a lot of guys go to the college level this is not you know some schools it's obviously you you know he might only have one FBS recruit ever or maybe every few cycles or things like that so it can be a little bit different that's not the case though with uh with this one. So, yeah, I I think that it's a good reminder that sometimes these quotes don't look glowing or as, uh, you know, flowers and rainbows or whatever you want to call it that some others do. And I don't think you need to worry about whether or not that signals a disinterest or not as much of an interest in Penn State. I just think that that tells you that that's just the way he's going to handle his recruitment. And I, yep. we do think that he likes, you know, Penn State at this point in time.
2: Still plenty of opportunities with spring practice openings and, of course, official visits later in the year. Uh, so if you want to read all of that stuff, bluewhiteillustrated.com. I've been saying this last week, I think it's very important for you to know that you can scroll down on YouTube videos while you're watching them. Like, even when I full screen them, I forget sometimes and I'll scroll down like, oh yeah, you can do that. So if you scroll down in this video, you scroll down past the little thingy, all the words there, the first link in this video, join on three for just one dollar. 12 months of access, you get all this information, plus my film breakdowns, plus his insider information when it comes to whatever sport we're covering that day, because Greg does all of it, and Ryan Snyder, Dave Eckert, uh, and and Nate Bauer, all at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, all for just $1. So sign up, link is the first one in the description of the video, you can sign up and we'll get going here on another thing that we, got, we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, Vega Ione, coming all the way from Washington, for this weekend, his official visit to Penn State, uh, the 11th hour recruiting here because uh, the National Signing Day is on Wednesday. What was your sense? Because you talked to him this weekend about his recruiting uh, and his visit. What was your sense of how he saw Penn State and what he felt about his visit?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I think his quotes, if you're able to check him out over at illustrated.com, I think his quotes were good and it showed a clear interest in Penn State and Phil Troutline and the coaching staff and the offense and the style that the Nittany Lions run but I don't know T Frank I'm so conflicted on this his plan is to announce on national signing day the traditional one which is Wednesday 8 45 a.m Washington time which means eleven forty five here on the <clears throat> excuse me here on the east coast and as we sit here and talk on Monday I, I don't know I didn't get a sense that one school was ahead of the other you know if you made me pick i'd say maybe penn state leads he left penn state with penn state having a small lead but let's see if that carries over 2 days from now when all those great feelings from the 48 hours of being having the red carpet rolled out are over right. and it, you know does does the flight back from you know, state college to Washington to take a long time. And does that maybe make him think, Hmm, I just want to be closer to home. This was great, but I want to stay close to home. That's what I think in the end will uh, win or lose Penn state. This recruitment, does he want to stay close to home or does he want to kind of branch out and start uh, somewhere new on the East coast? We'll see. I think Penn state did all it could here. They offered him late and they got, still were able to get him to campus for an official despite UCLA, which is closer to home, pushing really hard Washington. I'm sure where he was once committed to and visited two weekends ago, I'm sure they did not want him to visit Penn State. Obviously, that would have solved the uh, recruitment for them uh, if he did not. So we'll see. You know, ultimately, I would not be surprised if he picks Penn State, but I'm not calling it a guarantee by any stretch. We'll see here over the next couple of days. You know, again, he's not. Not the most talkative guy, as most offensive linemen usually aren't, so that's not a huge surprise, but uh, it, it's been hard to get a feel for where this thing stands, but well, I would say T. Frank, and I think this is stating the obvious, but uh, you know he could have committed to Washington at any point, and he yep. decided to come all the way across the country on the last weekend before he asked to put pen to paper uh, to see Penn State, so I think that obviously signals that the interest is very real.
2: Yeah, and uh, just if you check out his profile at On Three Washington in the recruiting prediction machine does have a significant significant advantage here uh, because of all the time that they put into recruiting him. This is obviously a special circumstance, but Penn State under a five percent chance. He is a uh, three star prospect in the On Three consensus, but in On Three's actual rankings, uh, in house rankings, he is a four star, six four two eighty. He is not. I would say at this point looking at him at tackle, but we could have that discussion down the road uh, when it comes to seeing him up close and personal over time. One guy that does have that potential, by the way, is Cooper Cousins in the class of 2024. See, Penn State fans, we've talked about offensive linemen for half of this show. So Penn State is is aware of the problem that they have on their hands. It's not a problem they got into quickly, and it's not one that they're going to get out of quickly, but Correct. they are addressing the issue uh, Cooper Cousins, what was your initial impression of the 2024 offensive lineman?
3: Well, you know, obviously it's interesting when guys choose to commit because he could have taken more visits. He, even, he doesn't even have the chance to go on official visits for well over a year. You know, I, I mean, so that kind of always raises my eyebrows a little bit when guys decide they're ready to end the recruitment that soon. Because as we saw with Mega Barnwell, you know, uh, you might get a little bit down the road here and then say to yourself, man, I wish I didn't commit so soon. I wish I could uh, you know, go take some visits or whatever and then you might decommit, blah, blah, blah. That's one way to go about it. But I think Cooper Cousins is a PA guy. I think he loves Penn State. I don't think he wants to take visits. I don't think he wants to be wowed and all that kind of stuff. I just think he wants to play football and keep getting better at football and being the best offensive lineman he can be. So, to me, T. Frank, I really like this pickup for Penn State. I think he's a guy who can help build future classes and help with the current one as well. So, all in all, you know, I think when you put all the pieces together, it's a really good get for Penn State.
2: Yeah, six, five and a half, as you mentioned earlier, 300 pounds. He has the reach to play tackle. He plays uh, center right now for McDowell. So, uh, as a sophomore, that is pretty common you know you're not going to be playing on the edge if you're the if you're a sophomore especially if it's on a team that has a lot of good offensive linemen or even just veteran right. offensive linemen Uh, But, you know, he picked Penn State over Pitt, Toledo, Kentucky. And I don't know if he has an Ohio State offer, but they were interested, according to on three. So is that this feels like Penn State got a player before his commitment really took off is what we're talking about here.
3: Right. I think that's a fair way of putting this. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's the guy who would see if he was going to take more visits, would see more interest, more offers, more opportunities, things like that. But, you know, again, just from reading the interview he did with Ryan Snyder and having some interactions with Uh, you know, interviews he's done in the past, T. Frank, I really just get the sense that he's just not really into all that stuff. And some guys aren't. That's okay. He made up his mind. His family was happy with it. Penn State was happy with it. Let's get it done and let's keep moving. So I think that's the kind of player he is, the prospect he is, the person he is. And so for Penn State, I think those are the kind of guys you love to build your class around and love to get early commitments from. So yeah, in my mind, just a tremendous get, here to kick off the class of 2024 and a guy that could be an anchor part of both this class and then the offensive line, of course, for years to come.
2: Yeah. And, uh, he actually committed, I was just thinking back on this committed even earlier than Alex Birchmeyer did who committed in the summer last year. So very early commitment in his process. But to your point, it doesn't seem like he's a guy that really cares all that much about it. And uh, I think Phil Troutwine is a very important figure in all of this because all the guys that you guys, you and Ryan talked to over the weekend all mentioned technician, all mentioned uh, you know, his ability to teach and to repeat and to teach and to repeat, so getting players with great skills, even going back to Anthony Donko, who committed for the class of 2023, all of them mentioned that about Phil Troutwine, so we're seeing some of those returns that Penn State fans wanted to see a little earlier from Troutwine in recruiting. Those, It's fair to say those are showing up. I understand that we're talking about 23 and 24, but this is tangible results, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, it is. And, you know, but again, the biggest problem here, and you know as well as I do because you just said it, is that, yeah, these look great on paper, but when do they get here? That's the issue. 2023, 2024. Uh, And then you obviously you factor in the idea that guys typically don't play on the offensive line early and Fans, I think, have a hard time just getting excited about it. They can look at the tape and say, yeah, wow, this guy could be really good. This guy could lead our line, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, (laughs) it's twenty (laughs) twenty-seven. Yeah, right. Exactly. When you know know going into it, it's two or three or four years away. It just makes it a little bit hard to get excited about, no doubt.
2: Yeah, and 2027, by the way, still sounds like a sci-fi date in my head. I don't really relate to the idea that 2027 is is just around the corner. Uh, Last thing, uh, this is literally around the corner. Penn State's still at work yeah. in the transfer portal, and they have a couple of players from North Texas they've offered. Twins, actually. So fill us in on Penn State's work over the weekend in the portal.
3: Yeah, Gabriel and w- Grayson Murphy is the other name. I almost forgot <laughs> the other twin's name. But two mean uh, mean defensive tackles, who, or defensive ends, rather, who played for the Mean Green uh, Machine at North Texas who are in the portal. T. Frank, here's the good news. Penn State uh, was one of the schools they seemed to be really excited about when they got an offer. Here's the bad news. There were a lot of schools that offered, and they were excited about all of them. So (laughs) Penn State's going to have its work cut out for it here. Uh, I think that's the biggest issue at this point is that, you know, they can't host prospects now until March. When do these guys want to decide are they going to take visits are they not going to take visits? So that will be the challenge now is how do you get in front of them Uh, In a big enough way to stay relevant uh, until March when you could possibly get them on campus. So we'll see. Penn State certainly can pitch the Arnold Ebiketti angle. That's going to be a great recruiting tool for the Lions now over the next couple of years. Um, But again, these guys can go almost anywhere they want. So I wouldn't say even with Penn State having that in their pocket, it's going to be a shoe in by any means.
2: Yeah, and just looking at the numbers, uh, I have not yet seen their film because, as you just mentioned, they could go anywhere and I don't want to waste my time. Uh, But just looking at the numbers from PFF, both have over a 90 pass rushing grade, 18 combined sacks. Grayson has 10, Gabriel has 8. Uh, 13 quarterback hits for Gabriel and seven for Grayson. So 20 combined hits and 18 sacks. That's a lot of production. I don't care if you're at North Texas or Toledo or wherever. Mm -hmm. The ability to get to the quarterback is the ability to get to the quarterback. And they seem to show that right off the bat. So that's going to be a big thing. This is more of what I was expecting from Penn State in the portal when finding pass rushers to offer. Guys with speed, guys that can get to the quarterback. And, I mean, that's what they need, right, Greg? We, we keep talking yes. about Deny Dennis Sutton being one of the guys that's going to be factoring in. He's not getting here for a while. Also, right. he's a true freshman. I know, understand he's a five-star. I'm very high on the hype train there. Yeah. But you want to have a little more assurance like this on your defensive line, right?
3: Yeah, there's no question. And I think the other thing that makes it important to remember, too, is just the fact that uh you know this transfer portal stuff can take a long time to materialize uh these guys were in the portal uh three days two days ago three days ago i think and just you know but you have to offer almost immediately that's the thing to be in play you have to be right look i mean this should not be a difficult offer right i mean there shouldn't be a whole lot to think about here yeah so i mean this was an easy one for penn state but you know again these guys go into portal at all times of the year and you never know when someone's going to pop up or some ones are going to pop up that you really want uh and these are the kind of guys penn state needs 100 percent, no question asked
2: that'll do it today for the bwi daily edition covering all kinds of ground with greg pickle here on the show greg thanks so much for stopping by
3: Enjoy it Enjoy it as always, T. Frank. We'll talk soon.
2: Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you like the video so that we can keep doing this and subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: Madness is here.